DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-ranked sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash in on $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 101 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 101 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the great action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins one medal. That's it, just one medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only and only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only as well. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and THPN Podcast Networks. This week I chat with P.T. Hader, a goalie who played his college hockey for St. Olaf in the MIAC and used to work summer hockey camps with me down at St. Mary's University in Winona, Minnesota. It was fun sharing some hockey camp stories with P.T. and hearing a little bit about what he's up to these days as a deputy police chief in Northfield, Minnesota. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with PT. Hey, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. This will be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say it's good to see your face again, but I'd be lying. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's the same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So th- thanks for pinch hitting. I, I had a few uh, interviews lined up this week, uh, but scheduling issues uh, fell through and I went, you know what? I bet you PT's uh, pretty, pretty nimble and would, would be up for it. No, that um, works. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, how's life been treating you these days? Good. Uh, life is different than when we last left off between you and I, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> two kids, mar- married two kids, uh, two kids with, you know, through marriage. Uh, yeah. You know, I did a career change out of coaching. Uh, I miss coaching so much. Um, yep. 
Um, went into law enforcement and I've been in that since 2006, which is scary. I mean, I'm thinking about, yeah, that's almost 15 years now I've been in law enforcement. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Well, I, forget I got hired you... by the, I got hired by the Northfield police department. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I forget. What was your uh, major in? It wasn't um, yep. in law enforcement, was it? It was education and uh, sports that's science right. from St. Olaf. Yeah. That's right. And uh, I taught and coached. And I was a boys head hockey coach in a couple towns for high school. And then, you know, my father's a police officer, my brother's a police officer. Mm-hmm. And I did the whole, went on a couple of ride-alongs and I was sick of living. I was like, ah, kind of fun. And then yeah. somehow beyond fate, I get, I actually hired back in, um, in Northfield, Minnesota, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. I went to college here and ended up getting, and now I work my way to the ranks and I'm now the deputy chief of police there. So it's yeah, crazy how life works out. Let me tell you. That That's great. You know, Northfield's lucky to have you. That's for sure. Thanks. Appreciate um, that. But you know, my dad always said about cops, you're only cops for one reason. You, What's you, that? You couldn't pass the fire exam. <laughs> I, I, I always say, and, and I always say, and I always say, uh, retort to that is uh, two things. The cops are there about 15 minutes before even a firefighter shows up on a fire. We're already saving people out of houses. <laughs> and uh, all they do is all they do is save basements. That's all they save. Yeah. Everything else burns. Oh, we, we joke with my dad that we can drive through the city and be like, that parking lot, they created that. That one, they created that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, dude. That's pretty funny. Yeah. You know, God bless them. They In our town, like for Northfield, they do more than, I mean, they're doing they're doing medical calls. They're doing mm-hmm. stuff that it's not just firefighting. Half their job is firefighting. The rest of it's doing helping us out with medical and stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. And you know, it, it's funny because my, my dad, you know, like all cops and firemen, they always pick on each other, joke back and forth. And unless you're in New York where they like to fight each other in charity hockey games, yeah. um, they, they get along and there, there's a great mutual respect there. Um, you know, there is, even though we talk a lot of trash, it's, it's well, all in good humor. Yeah. I, I, I've likened it to uh, brothers, you know, you're going to pick know. on each other, but if some, yeah. somebody turns around and starts picking on you, you know, he, you both come at them. Uh, speaking of firemen, uh, Colin Emmons, he's a fireman these days in my neck of the woods. That's how I got back into the beer leagues. I did not know that seriously. Yeah. So he, he's the assistant fire chief up here in Hugo. Um, he showed up. I've been at national night out after I moved into my house here and yep. rig shows up and he hops off and we look at each other like, well, what are you doing here? I live here. What are you doing here? I work on, the, oh, well, clearly you're on the fire department. He was like my own half from me. That's crazy. How life hurt. And think about, even I think about now you and Hugo, I mean, I grew up in Lino Yeah. and my parents lived in Hugo for a bit and <laughs> it's great up there. That's a great area. It's just funny how there's always so many points of how life works out. It's degrees of separation that isn't that far from life. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, when um, Hugo is great, Hugo is great. I like that area a lot. One of these days when you're visiting the parents and up this way, we'll have to grab a beer. No, I would absolutely do that. I'd entertain that for sure. You're always been nice and fun to talk to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or if it's winter time when we got the backyard rink, we can just have a beer out That'd there and awesome. skate. <laughs> and I can have, I can have my girl come and skate. Cause that's all she wants to do is being a hockey dad is man. It's a lot of, I can't even imagine now what my parents went through with both my brother and I playing a year apart. I, for me, it's, it's such a time constraint and, and with the job and trying to make things work. It's so much work. As I don't have to talk to you. Yeah. You get it. It's so much work. Yeah. Well, I mean, my boy only plays baseball and, and that's not nearly the time commitment that that hockey is. In fact, it's that time commitment is why he didn't want to play. Yeah. It was too much. For yeah. Him. Kids he are different because you have to be committed because Olivia is September through March. Yep. Literally, it's, in the, it's pretty much whole school year. She's got hockey and she's a U10. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, for us, when we were in college, you know, the, the hockey season ended and I was already looking forward to hockey camp so I could be on the ice for like 12 <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Doing something different. God, yeah. St. Mary's hockey camp, so, hockey camp, so much fun. As soon as those kids would go to sleep, we'd be out on the ice for three, oh, four man. hours at a time. So many memories. Seriously, it was unreal how much I look back and how much I like to play. And yeah. even like and think about in our world in the goaltender world of just getting peppered all day not really having the most fun because the fun part was scoring goals and screwing off you had there's it was just no defense it was yep. just skill development and reaction it was so much i learned so much it was so much fun and just the camaraderie of playing it was so much fun yeah, yeah. i miss those days you know I, I i think i've talked to emmons about this as hockey players, what we miss most is the locker room stuff and all of that. Yeah, 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 we miss the competition, but we don't remember games. We remember the antics in the locker rooms, the antics in practice. And when I think back to my time at St. Mary's, it's those summer hockey camps that are fondest, you know. Uh, those not, without a doubt, I, I made some of my closest, I made some of my closest friends actually that had nothing to do with hockey that were outside. I mean, they were, they met them during hockey, but outside the rink, they've become so much more in my life than just mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. So before we get down the hockey yep. camp road, how, yeah. how did you get started in the game of hockey? I mean, you mentioned a brother, but was yeah. it just uh, following in his footsteps or what, what got you? No, my, my brother was a year younger. My dad, um, we grew up in Lionel Lake. So mm-hmm. ended up going to the Centennial school district. Um, where I ended up, my dad was a wrestler, couldn't even skate, still can't skate to this day. He just loved hockey. So he put me in it in mites. And <laughs> then my brother followed the year after. And we literally just became a hockey family. Um, I remember my first year of squirts. I was like, I want to be a goalie. And my brother was like, I don't want to be a goalie. I want to be a defenseman. So it literally started. I look back to literally my dad starting me. He didn't know what he's doing. Literally putting me on an outdoor rink. Because think about it. We, I know yeah. people laughed on your podcast. Outdoor rinks were a thing. That's what you did. Yeah. You went to the outdoor rink and you skated. That's yep. what you did. Um, I would get home from school in the winter. I'd get on all, all Saturday, Sunday, I'd walk literally a mile to sun, sunrise park. And that's what I do all day long. Yes. I pick up shinny hockey. That's all I did. doesn't matter how cold it was, how ice was crappy and slushy 30 degrees, literally zero degrees. That's what we did all day long. Um, and God, I fell in love with it. And yeah. then I got into, and then I got into being a goalie and fell in love with that. And then all of a sudden, I guess I started getting okay. And then all-star teams, Minnesota selects team, Minnesota, all of this stuff started happening. And I was like, Oh, like this became a thing. Um, I, I was fortunate to play in the Centennial Hockey Association, which now has become one of the, you know, the stronger programs in the yeah. state of Minnesota for high school hockey programs and youth hockey associations. Um, it's a complete juggernaut now. I mean, the number of kids that are going through mm-hmm. there now are ridiculous compared to what even when I was there. Um, yeah, I mean, you were there in their infancy, really, and kind of I was. laying the groundwork. Yep. We, I was part, yeah, we were part of the group that laid that groundwork. Um, a couple of years before, started to get decent. Um, I remember... It would have been my freshman year playing high school when I was not playing the starting goaltender for the high school team, but there's the senior there and they beat Elk River and the Thompson twins and Trig Trig Sarzen, that whole group they beat him was the biggest deal in the world from Elk River at that time because they had never beaten Elk River. Um, mm-hmm. And then when we were there, we were shifting from I from my high school time through bands, we were shifting from class A to class double A because we were now moving into the big schools finally yep. when I was in high school. Yeah, that, that area um, just blew up population wise. It's like Maple Grove. It's unreal how Maple Grove blew up. That whole area blew up. Um, where now we weren't playing Tino Grace in section final semifinals in Class A hockey. We were playing the Blaines and the Coon Rapids and the teams yep. that had just larger Anokas who were decent. Them had just larger schools than us. Um, 
So yeah, that's you're bringing me down memory lane. Go ahead, it's awesome. So what made you, you know, as a Scorpio, like I want to be a goalie? You know, what was it? Was it just you know you got your turn in mites to be the goalie and you loved it, or I think it was I played mites twice in two games and I was like, oh, I didn't give up any goals. I thought I was good, but I was like, <laughs> nobody really scored. Yeah, <laughs> nobody really scored. Yeah, or I probably got scored on, but I thought I didn't let any in. You know, one of those deals. Yeah, but I got to like I, my biggest thing was I like memory. You forget all the goals. <laughs> you do right. You gotta have a short memory. Um, I, I loved all the equipment. Yeah, I like the pads. I'm like, I can get cool gloves, and and I was like, I just want to be a goalie. That's all I wanted to yeah. do. So my dad's like, Are you sure? Because once we start doing this, we're gonna do it. I said sure, and then I became a goalie in squirts right away. Um, made the A team like my first year because it was me and and they only had like three goalies total, and I made the A. And the other, I think the other two played the B. I think is what it was, and then. My dad's like, you're really, he became the goalie equipment guy, you know, pole association. <laughs> so um, I just enjoyed doing it. I guess I enjoyed the combination. I enjoyed at that age. It was just, I like people shooting pucks at me and I like the equipment. It mm-hmm. was just different. I enjoyed yeah. that more than scoring goals. I'm with you. I, I, I like it so much better. You know, yeah, I'll skate out. Excuse me for shinny, but I know so many goalies that once their competitive days were done, they hung up the pads and they just want to play forward. I'm like, what fun is that? You know, I, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> so you, you go through high school. Um, yep. What ultimately brought you to St. Olaf then? Well, my senior year in high school, I played for the Vulcans. Yeah. So I played for the Twin Cities Vulcans of USHL. Um, I, I decided to come back to high school and then went back. I did a flip-flopping thing, but um, I did both. Um, I was going, could have went back with them, could have went back to, thought about sticking back at USHL. And I remember, I went to let my parents like, you know, you're very talented, but are you going to be a professional? Is that really going to be a thing in your life? And my yeah. parents like, why don't you go to school? And I'm like, well, because I want to get a D1 ride somewhere. It's like, everyone, that's what I wanted to do. My parents, let's before we decide to play juniors again, um, why don't you go look at a couple of my ex schools in the state? Because um, I really wanted them to have the chance to watch me play. It was important yeah. to have my parents be able to have the opportunity yep. to watch me play. After that was school. the thing I hated the and most about being up here and mom and dad in Chicago. Couldn't even imagine. Couldn't see me. Couldn't even imagine. And that's hard because they're your parents. You get one yeah. set of them and they're yep. memories that they'll always have. Um, yeah. Luckily, I didn't then, play much in college, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, no, it's still <laughs> a big deal, though. It's still yeah. a big deal. It's absolutely a big deal. Um, and I remember I went to... I got recruited by several colleges um, and I went to several campuses within probably a three week span. And I remember I walked on St. Olaf's campus and I was like, holy cow, this is beautiful. And then I met with two of the players and it was more of just the vibe you get when you're on a campus of this yep. feels comfortable. I want to be here. Like it wasn't even a question. I knew what I wanted to do. It was, you know, getting into schools. It was the top Mayak school for as far as academics for hockey that was available for that at hockey teams. Carl mm-hmm. doesn't have an hockey team at Cal's. So I'm like, it'll be a good school, but it was just the feeling I got from the rink. And Whitey Oss was actually the coach at the time recruiting me for my first year. I don't know if you remember Whitey Oss at all. Um, the I played familiar, for, yeah. Yep. I played for Eric Oss in high school, his son. Okay. So the pipeline is already there um, for him, for my brother and I. But um, I went there. I was like, this is just home. It was comfortable. And I knew it was going to be a good school. It had majors I was interested in. And I, my parents like, just do that. Let's not do the junior thing. Cause I don't think they wanted me to go. They didn't want to rush around and what did they want? They wanted, they wanted me to be a 20 year old freshman. I think they yeah. wanted me to figure out my life and what I was going to do from there. So um, it was, it was a great decision looking back because funny, like I said, life works out. Um, but, but it was looking back now, it wasn't even close to other colleges I looked at. Not even, well, not even close. And, and Whitey House is one of my greatest mentors. He only, 
he was retired the year then my after my freshman year yeah and then then you guys got goldie and he, he yeah he's he's a love him or hate him kind of coach <laughs> uh so goldie came in goldie came in my sophomore year, i remember because whitey retired and he came in and Goldie wanted his show, and, and we're talking two completely different personalities um, yep. between Whitey. Whitey was very godly, very, you know, I don't think I heard Whitey swear one time. So <laughs> in my year there, and and then Goldie's very intense, very, but Goldie knows the game. Goldie was an Ole alum, passionate mm-hmm. about the school, um, very passionate about the game, very passionate about the game. Um, so it, it, it was a big difference, um, but I it, I knew going in that White, Goldie, I mean, Whitey was only going to last probably a year. And then I didn't know what was going to happen after that, but it was kind of a risk I took going there at that point. So you're going to school at St. Olaf, but somehow you start spending your summers in Winona working (laughs) the St. Mary's hockey camp. I mean, say what you will, you are almost a part of the St. Mary's hockey program because of that. Um, How did you get hooked up with that? Um, It was actually kind of through a, a friend of, it was a family thing. A friend of ours died actually during mm-hmm. the weekend series of St. Mary's before he played down there. And I was having a rough weekend emotionally off the ice because of a death in mm-hmm. our close, a close group. We had a friend of mine from high school in the area. And um, Don Olson knew me from whatever coach Olson, who again, talk about a man I have so much respect for. Um, yep. I'll mention, that's why I'm there. So Don Olson came to me after the game and they were like, Hey PT, I talked to you. And he literally said for my sophomore year, I was because I started, I split games my freshman year and then started from sophomore year on. I split games my freshman year and he knew whatever he thought about me. He's like, I've heard a lot of really good things about you as a person. I've seen this today as how you handled this weekend. He's like, would you ever think about coming down here? For some reason, he felt this thing to ask me to come down there and do some, be, be a counselor at the St. Mary's hot camp. And I'm yeah. like, you know, that might be fun. Um, so I literally said, let me get back to you. And I literally got an email from him, follow up and I said, sure, I'll do this. And I was so nervous because I'm this guy from St. Olaf, this goalie from St. Yeah. Olaf coming to St. Mary's where I'm like, they're going to hate me because they don't know who I am and think, what the hell is this guy doing here? And Don and Linda Olson literally brought me in like family immediately. Yeah. I, um, everyone did, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, you know, it, was, it was strange. When I started working at the camp, it was kind of cool that there were, you know, you guys from St. Olaf there because it, it kind of created that uh, – that friendship rivalry. It wasn't just a rivalry when you guys came to town. It was, you know, these guys are here. We, we want to play well against them, but it, it's going to be fun one way or the other. Cause it, after you other others followed, you know, we had a couple of, yeah, I, they did. I'm, I'm one of my best friends. I still have to this name, Matt Erich from St. John's, one of their best players ever to play for St. John's. And yeah. he's one of my best friends. Well, that's where we met down there. Um, Jeff item and Jeff Simison came there for two summers to help out. St. Olaf. uh, trying to Goldie was there. Goldie was there too. He was being the coach in there when I was doing yep. um, the counselor thing. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the, it was hard because some is literally my best memories. I talk about one all the time. It was my, those are my favorite summers of my life. Like not yeah. even close. Like Absolutely. the best times were literally sleeping. I started out as a counselor. And then I remember like my senior, I got moved to head counselor from St. Olaf. I was like the head counselor of all the, so I was, which meant nothing, but just the fact of, they went to me and they didn't pick a St. Mary's kid for that. So Don put a lot of faith in me. And then yeah. after I graduated is when I started coaching high school hockey. Then I became a coach and just yeah. stuck there. I mean, I was there for over 10 years, I think. I think that first year you were the head counselor was my first year. And that, that okay. was just by, you know, happenstance. I registered for classes. They didn't even know who I was. And my, okay. my, um, 
admissions counselor just somehow heard that they were looking for counselors. And she's like, Hey, you should email the coaches. So I emailed them. I emailed Terry and it was pretty yeah. much, can you skate? Yeah, sure. Be here on this day. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. And otherwise, if it wasn't for that summer and them getting to know me as a person, I wouldn't have sure. made the hockey team, you know, cause I, I had the conversation with Donnie of, you know, what the heck did you guys see in me? And, you know, he sure. said they could see it. it I was the locker room guy. That, that's why they took me. It, it was more than just my play. Um, Cause that freshman year we had 26 goalies try out for six spots. Oh my goodness. It, yeah, you which know, is a lot. Right. I know I was not one of the top six goaltenders, but it is Donnie said it was about more than that. And they learned that that summer, you know, and seeing my love for the game and, you know, all that good stuff. So I, I was very fortunate that I got that, you know, recommendation from my admissions counselor to send an email to work that hockey camp. Like, That's pretty fun. Cause you remember, you remember the first time going there and then you, you would line up along the boards and they'd introduce everyone. And that's how you got to know some people because they'd line up all the campers and the bleachers and you'd be back yes. to the boards. And, and that's how you got, to, that's how I got to know your name. Like, okay. So I got to know names and faces yeah. and you were a goalie and I was a goalie. And then, you know, then you talk about, the, we started playing, you remember we played peak hockey in some of those, we played the other hockey camp. We'd yes. have a game and then one of the evenings to get them, that would be like a die. Like people would hate each other in that game. Oh yeah. I mean, physically camp game was the biggest deal in the world. Something about playing those, those, folks down at Bud King. I mean, yeah, some of those games, I remember one of the times we played down at Bud King and I, I thought fists were going to start flying. It was yep. Jay Ruska too. That was going to start throwing them. <laughs> Jay Ruska. God, you're bringing up names. That's, that's yeah. amazing. You bring up Jay Ruska. Names. You brought up and you brought up other people as far as like Terry Manor, Donnie Nadu, guys yeah. who like I looked at her as mentors and have been nothing yep. but great to me. Even after I see him now, I message him every now and again are like people that I think the world of Donalds and him and I still, you know, message yeah. from time to time. And he'll, Linda will say the same thing. Like I said, they kind of adopted me as the same race person. Or always super good to me, even though I was from Olin. It was, yeah. it was kind of a weird dichotomy. I'd spend my summers there and my other time in Northfield at St. Albert was, but everyone was great. I mean, I look at, I'm not talking, Eric Richardson, another goal, you know, um, yeah. Ryan Stinson. I'm talking about guys that I like, Scott Cronenbush probably became like good friends with, like yep. just off the ice hung out with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, hockey camp was, Th those those summers are what I look back at the fondest. Um, I, I, I was a little bummed that the summer between my junior and senior year, I had to go back home to work an internship. Lucky for me, it meant I got to skate every day down at Johnny's Ice House, which led to skating oh. with right. uh, Billy Zito and his group of players at the time sure. because they needed a goalie. So I was like, all right, I still got good hockey in, but I missed the camp atmosphere. Um, wow. So I, I remember the night. I moved on to campus for that first hockey camp was the night Dallas won the Stanley cup. Sure. Uh, and I remember we went out, you know, we all got moved into our dorms and I didn't know what I was in for. So I brought way more stuff than I should have for summer hockey camp. But hold on. Was it a good goal? The, yeah. Was Brett Hall's goal a good goal? <laughs> absolutely. And I know you agree because you're also a Belfort fan. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but we go out, we're skating. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, ah, you know, I want to watch the game, but I, I should really go out and skate. And so we're out there skating for, it was probably three, four hours. And we go back to the rooms and we flip on ESPN and the game's still going. And we finally we catch that last goal. It was crazy. But I, I asked Richie this and I said, that first time you saw me on the ice, what the hell did you think? Um, and his response was that my style was well-suited for the beer leagues. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
actually a really good response. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of want to ask you the same thing. That first time, what were you thinking when you saw me out there as this timid, you know, kid skating with all of these uh, high college kids? But, but, but you didn't play timid though. You played like you, you belonged there. You played like you thought you belonged there. You felt thought, and you, you played like you're, how about this? You played more athletic than you probably were that you eventually, how about that? Than what you had inside you. How about That's that? That's fair. That's fair. I, um, I which is a good thing, which is a compliment in a good way because yeah, because you, you, you had sometimes it's more natural. It's the same thing. And sometimes people have athleticism. You, you got the, you got a hundred percent out of your athleticism, what you're going to do plus more. That's what I can say. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, that, that's a little nicer than the way Richie put it, but he was spot on. <laughs> if, if you think about my style. <laughs> but what about him? What can he say? Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. And it's funny because uh, I've been skating with Alan Knowles recently and we're, we yeah. were laughing about it. And I told him that and he's like, oh my God, that's so true. But then we're skating and he he's, I wouldn't say he's changed anybody. He, we got done with our skate and he's like, Jesus Christ, Bondo. Like, how are you still that limber? Just like we're still in college. He's like, you're 40 years old and you're still doing the splits. <laughs> but because you kept playing and like yeah. I said, you get, you get what you do athletically and you can still do it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think the same thing. I was more, well, yeah, what would you describe how I played? Same thing. I mean, it's the same thing. How you, it's through your own eyes. Yeah. I, the, the way you played it, I viewed it very much as a um, disciplined, 90s style almost bill ranford like probably yeah probably yeah. very 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 good that's i've never heard the bill ranford ever. yeah probably yep. yeah that, but, that, but i got peppered at 50 shots a game so i, yeah. I had to be disciplined <laughs> yeah you, you were several years yeah I, it, it was fun watching you play when you guys came down that was for sure um so i, I good teams good teams that you guys had too i'm talking my earlier with you know with demars and savino those were some good players <laughs> Nate DeMars. Good D3 players. Nate DeMars lives four doors down from me. You're kidding me. No. <laughs> that is so funny. Again, great hockey player from Matamida. He was great in high school and yep. transferred. Savino, who came out of nowhere, truly. Yeah. Yeah. It Just was a goal scorer. Funny when I moved in and I was like, he looked because Nate graduated the year before I got there, but his brother Tony was there. And so I'm looking, I'm like, you look like I know you. And I remembered him coming down to visit a couple of times. And then, yep. then we both made the connection. It was like, oh, what are the odds? And then we got Emmons right down the road. Um, That's really funny. Yeah. Just the way it's a small world. Um, what, I'm surprised I haven't run into uh, Johnny Redpath because he's a Matamidi boy too. Enough. See, another, yeah, he is. Johnny Redpath is a Matamidi guy. Absolutely. And Tony, I think, um, his brother was a goalie, right? No. DeMars. No. He was... DeMars' brother wasn't a goalie? I think he no. was. I think he was their goalie from Adamidi. Look into that. Oh, maybe... DeMars' for... brother it was a goalie from Adamidi. I'll have to look into that. Um, look into that. I'd be but... curious. I think he was. Yeah. So, yeah, those summer camps, I, I still remember <laughs> that first Thank year. We, uh, it was the one night we didn't have kids coming early or staying late, and we went bowling. <laughs> and that's the night Stinney put Bondo into the computer for a nick. Yes, I didn't have one. It, 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 and it was funny because like sophomore year on, kids thought that was my real last name because Terry would put Joe Bondo on the practice schedule and it would like I remember Russ Swanson, Coach Olson puts yeah. the actual, you know, end of tryouts, here's the roster and Joe Drennan and Swanson's going, who's this 
Drennan kid. I was like, dude, that's me. He's like, no, it's not. Your name's Joe Bondo. I was like, I know. no, I had to take my license out and show it to him uh, to prove. And he's like, well, how did you get that nickname? I was like, drunk bowling. He's like, what yeah. do you mean? I was what, like, that's gay bowl. That's, <laughs> we got drunk. We went bowling. Stinny's typing in everybody's nicknames. He turns to me like glassy. He's like, hey, you got a nickname? No. And he stares at the computer for a few moments. He turns back. He goes, Bondo. I like it. Types it into the computer. And the next, I don't know how Terry and Coach O and Donnie found out about that so so quickly, but uh, <laughs> it became Bondo. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, that's so awesome. Remember bowling? That's so. I mean, I literally said, I bet you every summer I came back with enough money to get gas money home because we ended up doing so many extracurricular fun things outside. If you spent the money you made, oh yeah, <laughs> truly, between bowling and going out or playing high, it was. Well, and it was so much fun. I remember that particular week, the kids were so bad. It was week two because they were uh, um, sports and the kids were so bad and we were charging them a quarter for swearing. And you guys had enough money to buy like a case of beer, some vodka. And it was like before we even got to the bowling. I don't know why, but you, you were, you hadn't started drinking yet. So you, you decided to be the designated driver and get us down there. Cause I remember that too. Cause you had that small car. We get everybody piled in and there wasn't room for me. And we're like, what are we going to do? And I, I just remember the door was open. I look, I was like, hang on. And I just start running, diving across the laps. people. Yeah. If I remember right, my, my legs were sticking out the window as we drove down the hill. (laughs) In in the hill. So good. Yeah. Let's go back and do that again. Like for uh, even for a month, it was, (laughs) I, I learned, I learned so much about even people and coaching and just about different, you learned a lot there besides hockey. Cause it was more, I talked about the time for me to make some money. It was the time for me to learn some skills with dealing with people and kids but then it was more like i got to i got to play i got to get better in the summer yeah outside of desk, i got to skate and do goalie stuff loved it yeah exactly i mean i got so much better just with those after hours skates and even the morning power skate that we ran for the kids we were the ones that had to do the drills and it's like my edge work was so good (laughs) because of that because Terry Manor wasn't going to do it. Oh, he God, no. Tell you to do, yeah, let's, Goldie wasn't going to do the skating. Well, Terry was walking on the concrete with his skates to begin with, so you knew he couldn't do edge work. Uh, <laughs> uh, so but, awesome. But aside from the hockey side of it, just learning how to deal with different situations. to yep. deal with. I mean, we were dealing with 30 kids all by ourselves. Yep. First of all, that was birth control. Second, second of all, it was how do you deal with difficult situations where you don't have a manual of how to deal with it, <laughs> you know? Right, absolutely. One, you, you'll be walking down the dorm. You got one kid that's just completely homesick and then another one yep. that's trying to, you know, explore the freedoms of mom and dad not being there, <laughs> you know? And then it's like you got your normal a lot. sports that are just morons to begin with that you got to be like all right guys calm down <laughs> lights out it was a it was a week of daycare for the parents to get them out of the house oh god yeah i and I, you're forgetting about the point of how hot it was in those damn dorms oh, so god. Say, remember trying to sleep in some of that it was awful yeah well I, <laughs> sticking Nolsey, to the sheet awful when nosey and i reconnected we, we joked about the time that uh it was move-in day and he's passed out in his room with the door open and benilled sleeping in just his boxers with like no sheets on the bed and coach O is walking a family by and his door is wide open and he goes and here's one of our counselor Al's room and he peeks in and he just 
quietly closes the door. <laughs> and Elle thought for sure he was going home. <laughs> yeah, coach is not great, I'm sure. And then Coach O was an amazing man, but he could be kind of intimidating if he wasn't happy oh, yeah. with you. Well, How about I, that? <laughs> coach, Honest, respect. The respect was there. Didn't he have his psychology degree from Harvard? So, I mean, ah, the guy knew smart. how to manipulate you, your mind. Super smart. He needed to. Super smart. <laughs> Him and his wife both are super smart. I'm yeah. Him and his wife both are super smart. But incredibly um, caring. Nice. Good I mean, people. Yeah, caring, good people. The one year, so one of the Winona County Sheriff's deputies used to be a Chicago paramedic. And so he knew my dad. And one of the weeks, there were three firemen whose kids were in the class. Cause you know, like half the camp would come up from Chicago, which is like half the school is from the Chicagoland area. And these three firemen, their kids are in the class. They know Steve. So Steve swings by after work with his squad car and he's watching the scrimmages. And I forget why I was filling in for somebody, um, refing and Steve goes, Hey, we're going to go to my house for some, uh, cake and coffee afterwards. You know, me and the three guys, he goes, you want to come with? And I go, yeah, I'm actually off duty tonight after the game. He goes, great. I said, problem though, Steve, is I don't have a car here. He goes, ah, that, that's all right. I'll give you a ride. Like, thinking, okay, no big deal. So after the game, I walk out and he had the squad car like parked right outside the door, not in the parking lot, but right outside the door. And he puts me in the back seat while all the campers are walking back to the dorm. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then he goes back yeah. into the rink for like another 15 minutes. So I'm sitting in the <laughs> back of the squad car. Right outside and Coach right. Olson, the best part though is Coach Olson walks out and he sees me in the back of the squad car. Thank God Steve and Mrs. Olson were, and Linda were on the uh, PTA together. So Coach Olson knew Steve and he knew he knew me. And he walks out and he goes, oh, you must be going over to Steve's tonight for cake and coffee. So he knew. So go, he knew. Yeah, he knew. I, I, I'm willing to bet that. Steve went inside and found coach Olson and goes, Hey, you got to go pick on him. He's in the back of my car because that then Steve comes out and he gets on the phone and he calls my house. And this is like nine 30 at night. Right. And my sister answers and he's got it on speakerphone. He goes, this is the Winona County Sheriff's deputy. I've got Joseph in the back of my car. And I could hear the excitement in my sister's voice. So she's like, mom, dad, <laughs> you need to come to the phone. And my Joseph's in a police car. My dad picks up the phone. Hi, Steve. How you doing? <laughs> so he knew right away too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Funny. I mean, he knew. Uh, so yeah, we went to the house and then he brought me back to campus. And it was funny because he's this car. I don't know what moron would do it, but somebody did on highway 14 going up the hill, just speeds right by his squad, his squad car is where in they're probably 15 miles over. And he goes, ah, it's late. I'm just going to get you back to campus. <laughs> happens every day. People don't realize sometimes we're not even paying attention when we're working. <laughs> yeah. or, or we just let things slide. Well, I remember I, I had the talk with him and he said he rarely wrote a ticket for a college student. He said, because it's not fair to mom and dad because they were the ones paying the ticket, but he was going to mm -hmm. keep them there for about 30 minutes and lecture them and yeah. really make them sweat. It was like, man, that that's, that's a really good point that mom and dad are the ones typically paying those tickets. They are. He also made a good point about, we always talk about, we don't, you don't ticket and lecture you. We do one or the other because you don't want to ticket someone and then tell them how bad they are. It's already it's double, it's doubling down on something that's already bad enough. Day. I remember the, the one day I was making the trip to lacrosse to pick up some campers and it was a high school week. I remember that. And we had just gotten some new 12 person passenger vans where the old ones, you had to like stand up on the pedal to get it to <laughs> sure. go, to go the speed limit or this one, like you just had to touch it and boom, you're off and going. 
I wanted to get back to campus because I think we were going to play hockey that night or something. And so I'm doing like 75, 80 coming into Winona where it's like 55 and it's a divided highway. And I just see the county sheriff go by the other way. And I look back at these kids. They said, watch how you talk yourself out of a ticket here. (laughs) And they, so they had to go to where they could turn around. I was already slowed down in the right-hand lane with the blinkers on. So they knew I'd, I knew I was, but it was still like another quarter mile to that stoplight by Perkins. So I waited and I pulled into the Perkins parking lot. Oh yeah, I know exactly. You know, to get him off of uh, 61 there. And the officer comes up, he goes, "Uh, why did you wait to pull over? I said, well, it's a busy highway. I wanted to pull off someplace that was safer for for you. And he kind of goes, oh, okay. He goes, any reason you were in a hurry? I said, you know, Honestly, I've been driving these school vans all summer that were old and I had, you know, stand up on the thing to get it to go. I said, this is a brand new one. It's still got the sticker on the back. It a lot touchier. He goes, okay. He goes, any idea how fast you were going? I said, well, when I passed you or in general, <laughs> and he just kind of smirked and looked at me. He goes, well, when, when you passed me, I said, probably 75. And he goes, that's pretty close. And so he went back. So I had a clean record and he goes, well, it's uh, 55 the rest of the way campus. Just observe the speed limit and we'll, we'll yeah. have a good day. <laughs> but it was like. <laughs> but, I, you rem- you, but you remember the interaction and it was a positive one because you had a sense of humor with yeah. the whole thing and that does go a long way. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember, you know, I, I've got some family that's in law enforcement and because yep. of connections my dad made, they always said, you know, if you have a chance to get off the road and put them in a safer Absolutely. Um, situation, they're they're going to appreciate that, you know, they but are. don't, don't just keep going. You know, that's why I put my flashers on and slow down. I, I let them know like, Hey, I see you. Cause this is before yeah. cell phones. So it's not like I, you know, today, if I was on the freeway, I would call up, you know, the non-emergency number and say, Hey, I got a guy behind me to let them know I'm going to get to the next off ramp for him. <laughs> but <laughs> it was just before like cell phones. Yeah. Oh. God, it, we didn't yeah. have cell phones. So think about that. We remember, no. I literally, there, you guys, funny you should mention that. We had calling cards. We did. And I had to go back to the room. Like my mom, like, I'm going to call you at 930 tonight. I'd be like, okay. And that's when your mom would call you at 930 yeah. to say hi. The <laughs> off-campus double ring. You know, yes. we, we got so excited when you got the double rings. Like, who's calling? <laughs> that's so funny. There was no cell phones. I mean, literally, you have to, she's like, well, I'm going to check in one day this week. I'd be like, all right, come this day. And literally, they call at 930. It was funny. And they yeah. call and then be the double ring and pick up. And like you mentioned earlier about the your night off. Remember you yeah. had some nights off and you'd live for those when you didn't have to stay with the campers all night long. Or that Saturday where a camper would be staying a day later or come in a day yep. early because of flights. Then we would literally draw straws to see who had to stay yep. back in the, in the dorm to watch them. So many good memories. Oh, this is awesome. Absolutely. That's so funny. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you mentioned now you're a cop. We had to watch them for a couple of years. Yeah. I, I mean, so yeah. you mentioned you're a cop these days, which not only are you a cop, you're, but you're a cop in Minnesota. I have to imagine yeah. the last year and a half, two years, that's been really difficult emotionally. Um, sure. How, how have you done with that? And, you know, how are, how's the department handling that? Um, we have, we have great people to work for us. I say all the time, we treat people well here in North Hill. Um, you have to, they like to be heard. Um, but in general, it has been a tough time for the law enforcement profession. Um, I think, I think it's hard because I think 
you know, how we do things here might be different than people do things in other departments. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, but I also think that I put this in the best. I, I think that <laughs> I think, I, I think media spun things at times to it's hard. Media's got a big throng in everything that happens, whether it's sports, politics, law enforcement, it's a big deal. Um, when law enforcement makes mistakes, we need to own it. Yep. Um, we need to absolutely own it and we need to own it and be like, we need to get better. Um, when law enforcement does good things, we need to own that too and focus on those good things. I think, I think I, I say all the time, you know, we hire from the same gene pool that every profession does. Yep. And the gene pool <laughs> isn't perfect. How about that? The gene yeah. pool isn't perfect. And we have to weed through the ones, but it, it's not even the 90, 99% of cops are good, 1% bad. It's more of just if something bad happens, we need to own it and we need to become accountable and we need to be, we need to do better in the profession. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been tough because through not even just civil unrest or COVID, it's been tough because I say, okay, our, our men and women records from police officers have been working every day, not at home, yep. not sitting in the comforts of their own home working. They've been in the office on the streets, working with people, Absolutely. wearing masks, wearing gloves, putting themselves and their families in danger of COVID and whatever else other because they want to help people. So I think that gets forgotten and lost in a lot of this, that they've been there with, with law, with the AMS and ambulance, same thing, ground zero, even more with us all the time. Yeah. You, you bring up a good point that I, I think a lot of people don't take into account when they think of first responders is the impact on their family too. You know, a per- perfect example is 9-11. Uh, we, we talked about that um, double ring on campus uh, my dad at the time was the head of collapse rescue in the city of Chicago. So when that first tower went down, I knew immediately yep. then he was going to New York. I waited until I think it was about eight 30, that phone rang the double ring. And back then, because it would be like, all right, I'm calling at nine 30. Those phone calls were usually about 45 minutes. Cause that was yep. the one time a week you would talk. Um, cause you weren't texting and God forbid my dad right. figured out email. I mean, it wasn't until just recently that my mom still had to print my dad's email so he could read them and then write out long form his responses. So that wasn't an option back in the nineties. Um, but when I got that double ring, it was, I I could recite verbatim that phone call. It was so short, uh, because we couldn't get the words out and the, the impact it had, uh, on the family, you know, just people don't, don't take that into account with the first responders. And, and, and I know cops are thick skinned. They, they can take what people are saying about them, but the, the wives at home, the kids at home, the, the moms and dads, that's who it affects the most. It, it, it completely does. Um, we all, you know, when I talk to people, it's, it's, there's people every night working while people are sleeping, living the dream, yeah. right? Sleeping, living the dream. And there's police officers who are working the night shift, making yep. sure that everything goes smooth. Um, tonight, I got to go back into work to do a night shift briefing. And my family is going to be like, yeah, all right, we'll see you later. <laughs> see you yeah. home. They just, it's not easy all the time, but you have to have understanding family members, wife and children, you know, you know, in the long run, it's not something that happens all the time, but it needs to happen. And I'm blessed because I've been working since investigations to now a deputy chief. I've been working day hours, Monday through Friday. I've been yeah. pretty blessed. But the patrol officers, they're working every other weekend, yep. you know, 8, 8.30 at night, 6.30 in the morning. And then when their kids are, when they're trying to sleep during the day, when their kids are up living. Yep. So yeah. it's not easy. My cousin's husband is a uh, cop in the suburbs of Chicago, and he said he wanted to work nights. 
his whole career so that on his retirement day, he could turn in his badge and the chief look at him and go, who are you? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and some people do want to work nights and they don't have to be around administration or deal with. Yeah. Because day shift's a whole nother beast. Of, yeah. Because you have to deal with awake people then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he, he loved nights because that's, that's when the crazies come out. <laughs> you know that you think back to the tv show cops how often was it dark out in all of those interactions there there's a reason um it's just that that's when the, the craziness happens right. i mean even when my dad was working you know they, they paid attention to the cycle of the moon if it was a full moon it was gonna be a busy night even for the fire department and da- dad tend to it was he tended to work in the bad neighborhoods and he was uh in inglewood and uh his engineer would say uh yeah Somebody sprinkled the stupid dust over the neighborhood again tonight. <laughs> and I think about even busy law enforcement in Chicago, how weekends it's tens and 20 people shot every weekend. Yeah. Well, and you and think of the stuff they're going through and they see, and they literally see it every weekend. Yeah. And I, I've got some high school uh, classmates and teammates who are on Chicago and there's uh, an issue with suicides right now within the ranks. And it, I mean, that, that's another thing that I, I think, your average citizen doesn't think about is what is the mental toll um, that's happening on him. My brother-in-law is another example. He's a corrections officer and he's in the middle of a uh, PTSD early retirement because he's been attacked so many times in the prison. Um, and that those, those are things you guys bring home. You do. And we don't a hundred percent. And with mental health being a big part of it, we're no, we're, we're starting to do, we're going to start doing mental health check-ins and stuff mm-hmm. with our officers because we see things you shouldn't see. Yep. The normal person, you deal with things you shouldn't see. And you, and you, and like you said, you bring it home Yeah, and you try not to bring it home and let it affect home life. But again, you're human. You, you, when you talk about suicides, you see the suicides, not even just police officers. You guess, guess who gets to go investigate suicide? We do. Yep. We got to show up and look at that and clean that mess up and deal with the families yeah. being upset in the investigation. There's things that we shouldn't see as humans that we see on a, on a weekly basis. Growing up, I, I started going, it was my seventh birthday. It was the first time I went to the firehouse with my dad. Um, so every chance after that, I, I went and I, I learned very early on that the reason first responders have a dark, sick sense of humor is that's how they deal with it. And that's also why me and my sister have a dark, sick sense of humor because that's how we were brought up. Yep. Um, but at the same time, it I've very much likened life in the firehouse and I'm sure it's very much the same at the uh, police station. The closest thing to it is life in a hockey locker room, because if you're, (laughs) if you're not getting picked on, that's when you got to be worried. That's when you're not accepted. But when, when they're picking on you and pulling these pranks, that would probably, you know, anywhere else in the working environment would be grounds for firing. Whereas like in those environments, it's like, you got me there. You better watch your at, back. <laughs> at, at, and it is at times. I think it's been a little more now HR friendly and we're all, it's, when I first started, it was a lot. Yeah. Pranks, but you have to watch feelings the, and how people react to things. Yes. Correct. Yeah. But it's like, but yes. that's the closest, closest thing I've found. And, but I it, hope it's never like our hockey locker room. Cause that would be, I mean, unreal. Yeah. If, if HR ever, if, <laughs> if even now think about, think about Think about anything you did back then, because they, now they at Saint Ope they do things, any kind of hazing, any kind oh, of thing that gotcha. they consider hazing, will shut a season down. Even well, consider hazing. When I was a freshman, the tradition was red white game. Any freshman playing had to wear their helmet to class. 
and they put okay. an end to that. My right, simple, like nobody's Can't getting hurt. I, I love the hazing, something like that, where nobody gets hurt. It's just like a, you know, it, yep. and what it also did is it brought awareness to campus because anybody who wasn't a freshman knew, oh, red white games tonight. Kids are walking, sure. yep. and then, but uh, they put an end to it because of yep. the way things are. Oh, <laughs> that that something we learned in our NCAA meeting that year, but I still remember that meeting. Richie wasn't quite 21 yet. And um, the ladies asking, you know, if you're old enough to drink, how many drinks an hour can you have? And Richie raises his hand. He goes, well, if I remember right back to freshman orientation, it's about one drink an hour. And she's getting ready to say very good, very good goes. But if you hold the darn thing for more than 15 minutes, it starts to get warm. So you got to drink it up pretty quick. And you could ch- you turn around and Coach Olson's just in the back going, Jesus, Richie. <laughs> and we're He's got all, a valid point. Yeah, and we're all just Rory. <laughs> Sounds like him. Yeah, so I know uh, we've been talking for a little while. Um, and we, we could probably go on for quite a long time. but We you, could. You've listened to a few of the episodes, so you know I like to finish yep. with a round of rapid-fire questions, and I, I want to leave plenty of time for this sure, first one because you played for Goldie. Um, what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? <laughs> sure. <laughs> with, with Goldie uh, it, or in general? I'm just guessing it probably is with Goldie. If there's one that doesn't involve him that's worse, I'd love to hear that one. <laughs> I can tell you a story of one time um, – we were back. We were getting just, just destroyed. It was we were we were actually playing out in Air Force, okay, out in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs, and I think after two periods, the shots were like forty three to like eight, and we were down two to one, mm-hmm. still in the game, and and Goldie was doing a Goldie thing, really up, you know, going on going going on a Goldie rant where he'll go on a rant, yeah, and he's throwing. He literally took the stick rack, that got whatever, and. He's literally screaming. He's going to cut everyone but me and like two other guys. <laughs> literally going down. You're cut. You're cut. You're cut. I'm keeping you. you. I'm going to start over. We're going to start fresh. I'm like, and everyone's sitting there like, it's almost funny because it's not real, but it's almost hard to hear a time at that point. But it's like, I remember literally saying, you're not going to cut everybody because we'd have nobody left. But just the way he, his intensity, which yes. is how I took it. Um, Today wouldn't flow as well, I don't think. How about that one? <laughs> but just how he went down and said, you're cut, you're cut, everyone's cut, but you, you, and he, that's just his intensity. He wanted everyone to do so well that that's how it came out. Yeah, um, Like it or not, and it wasn't always great, but that's how it came out. I've oftentimes wondered if the coach from the TV show Letterkenny is supposed to be oh, Goldie. <laughs> Uh, could be, could be. <laughs> but Goldie can be very affable and very, Goldie is very smart. He can be very, oh, yeah. In the, in the recruiting phase, he can be, he can be, see, like the smallest guy in the world. When he switches that trigger to being, it's time to be competitive, it's a whole new world that I've never seen. He, he really was a different guy off the ice. I, I still remember that I was telling the story on the episode I had with Jude Hall where I almost threw him out of a game during hockey camp because he got so upset of like, I don't even know if it was an offsides call or what that I made. Where and it's a camp game. Yeah, and he squirts <laughs> water at me, and I turned around, and I, I had my arm cocked. I was going to throw him out. But then I saw all of those kids behind him, and I saw the look in his eyes. He's like, oops, I crossed the line. 
And, and I just looked at him and turned around. And, and I remember after the game, Terry's like, you could have thrown him out. He deserved it. I was like, yeah, but he did come up to me man to man. And he apologized. He's like, I can't promise it won't happen again, but it shouldn't have happened to that. <laughs> that's, that's, I 100% believe that was his response. Was, yeah. I can't promise it won't happen again, but I apologize. Yes. <laughs> you said that perfect. I guarantee that's exactly what he said. Yes. Yeah. But I will I, say this, he's been nothing but a great mentor to me. Anytime I've made any kind of reference or my name plug, he's always been there for me. Um, yeah. He's been one of my, probably my biggest mentors I've had. He, he just always, if I need something, I can call him. I know he's been through some, he was very upset when he left St. Olaf. So him and I have chatted several times about that to make sure we're on the same page, but no, he's, yeah. like I said, people love him or hate him. And I'm in the group who has always had got along with him. I, I still remember him telling the stories like, yeah, if you think I'm crazy, you should, see my wife and he was talking about their dogs and how they wouldn't shut up the one day. So she went up and like bit down on the one's ear and it, it stopped barking while it. they listened to her. But it was like, you think I'm crazy. <laughs> it's like, well, I 100% believe it. I 100% believe sometimes it. Sometimes crazy has to marry crazy. <laughs> it works out. Yeah, exactly. So the next question is what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Oh, well, I mean, the Belfort Hawk was amazing. Yeah. That was like my first original. Which, which was like one? The original, original Hawk? Or? The, the, how about this? The Hawk helmet that ended this, the Met Center, the last game of the Met Center. Um, three to yeah. two of the Wild. The, I don't know if you remember that was the last game that ended the Met Center. That yeah. Hawk um, yeah. was my, because um, like I said, as you know, I was a big Eddie Belfort fan, even though I was from Minnesota. Like, yeah. And he, and I, I, I have to listen to the podcast with him yet to see. Yeah, which. I mean. He wasn't always easy to get along with was the rumor through everything, yeah. I'm, you know, in the locker room. And I'm, I'm sure he acknowledges it. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Well, he's a, I would liken him to, he's got the intensity of Goldie where it's okay. Sure. You know, but uh, when we do get together for a drink, he sent me some of his whiskey. So we'll, we'll have to sample oh, some of that. I will, I will <laughs> uh, or the Cujo mask was my other one. Curtis Joseph's mask was always yeah. my other favorite. If you have to look that up, you know, those are my two favorites. Yeah. So you mentioned the Cujo one. Is it the one with the dog or the one I always associate with Cujo, that original one with the notes and the trumpets from when he was a hawk killer, which is why I don't like him. <laughs> no, I like, I like the, I like the maple of Cujo with it had the, uh, the, the dog at the bottom. Yeah. The underneath is the dog. Yeah. Yep. That was, yeah. that was awesome. I don't know if you've had a chance to read his book, but I, I have. And oh my God, is it such a page turner? He has led an incredible life. And I'm going to have to read that. I have not. Okay. Well, I did not enjoy him when he played for the Blues. I have a lot sure. of respect for him now. <laughs> sure. That makes, per that makes yeah. perfect sense. So, since we're talking masks, I got to ask you about your pro mask because I had one in high school. I have it over my shoulder there. Yep. You're one of the only other goalies I know. Um, that had a pro mask. So I'm wondering, yep. you know, what did you like about it? I mean, I thought that, I thought it was a great mask. What did you like about it? Vision. It was all yeah. about the vision and my sight lines. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It was it all had more of a angled case. Correct. I was big about that. I was big about peripheral, how I could see off the sides and the corners, mm -hmm. especially that was my biggest thing. Um, obviously you can switch the mask up, but just how, not that, not because the mask can get the actual mask part and you can switch off, but just the way it was designed to be able to see my peripheral, I felt like I had good vision in it. And that was yeah, my, absolutely. my belief on it. Well, after my concussion freshman year, I went to the Hashik helmet for a year, if you oh, remember that. And I do, you did, the Dominator, yep. 
that's the one thing I loved was the peripheral vision. There was yep. nothing obstructing. And on top of that, I could move my head all the way down and see, yep. you know, everything in it. Then I got another concussion and mom and dad and Terry told me I had to go back to a regular goalie mask. The best part about that though, is I never, I didn't wear a dangler with that thing. I just wore it just yep. like Hashik. Didn't take one puck to the neck the whole time I wore that whole year. Um, first practice back with a mask and I was borrowing a kid who didn't make the team, his mask. And it's the same one I wound up buying, which was the uh, Heaton with the extended neck. Yep get a puck right up underneath that extended chin of course <laughs> and, you did. Yep. and of course I had I, I couldn't help but laugh going for a year I had this whole area exposed and nothing <laughs> and now never, I have yeah. something right here and a puck to flex sure. right up and gets me it was like that's how it goes yeah right. well, what are the odds um so what's your favorite rink that you've played at um well there's two reasons I'm gonna say two rinks okay I'm gonna say yeah two rinks I, I love the structure in Norfolk, as awful as it is, and it still is today. I love the atmosphere of the structure in the old Norfolk hockey arena. You could fit, you know, 700 people in there and that's it, but they'd be right on top of you. Loud. Back in the day, the boards weren't the hard. They were, they would literally shake with every, if, if mm-hmm. you remember, they would shake. There was no, I, I love the atmosphere of the structure. Now, everything else about it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but game day. How about that? Yeah. But game that day. makes have, sense. Have you seen, have you seen St. Olaf's new rink on campus? You, I haven't. You need to get up there. It's I've heard good things about it, though. It's 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 more than awesome. It's it's loved it to death. Um, it, it and I obviously funny because when I was talking to Knowles, he was asking. He goes, "So when the team plays at uh, Saint Olaf, do they still have to get dressed over at the gym and get bussed over to the arena?" I said, "No, no they got a new rink, bud. <laughs> yeah, it's on campus. Yeah, um, we literally used to bus over there in vans. It was embarrassing. We yeah, would put our stuff on the head. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> and then and then I always loved playing, which they don't anymore, at the fairgrounds at the Coliseum yes. on the fairgrounds. Hotter than hell in there. Um, but you know, we ended up playing St. Thomas was playing there when I was still going. But yep, I am more from the high school and Hamlin. Yep them in the high school hockey section atmosphere there was for some reason awesome at that at that i love just you could fit a lot of people in there it was hotter than hell the sound was weird how it reverberated mm-hmm. but i loved playing in the coliseum on the fairgrounds well, there, there was just something about how the boards were here and then the stand started here there was like this whole <laughs> like, like a house in between yeah yeah and my i remember the first time i saw a game there we had played a jv game at like 11 o'clock on a saturday and i played in some kid just ran me. We were playing the Ice Hawks, and is oh, Junior B Ice Hawks? Yeah, yeah. is because we would schedule those Junior B teams just to round out our schedule. Yep. Because not every Mayak team had a JV team, and so yep. you know, I, I was never good at playing the puck, but for once, I bounced the puck off the boards, hit Jeff Rose at center ice, and he's gone. Jeff Rose, White Bears only, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and this kid's skating full bore at me, elbows to the head, and I'm between the hash marks on top of the circle. And it was one game, nobody's mom or dad was there videotaping. And the teammates tell me I was parallel with the ice facing down. My body did two turns and the head hit the ice and I was out and it was a delayed penalty. So I'm just laying there and you remember the training staff at St. Mary's and how they, they were good for band-aids. Um, and so the whistle, the whistle blows and I start getting up, not knowing where the heck I am. So I hold on to the crossbar for the last like seven and a half minutes of the game didn't let a goal in. I still got the W, but I, I'm in the locker room afterwards. I'm eating an apple and I'm halfway through this apple. And I go, 
I don't like apples. <laughs> what am I eating this for? Yeah. <laughs> what am I eating this for? And he's like, oh, my head hurts. And Rose is sitting across from me. He's like, dude, you got rocked. <laughs> I was like, I did. And then uh, I think it was Frischman was sitting by me. He goes, you should probably go see the trainer. So yeah. I, I, I walked down the hallway. I go see the trainer. And uh, she's, I'm just standing there with my bottoms on. And she's like, what are you doing here? It's like, they said I got hit. And she's like, oh, you got destroyed. It's like, that's awesome. I don't remember it. So then, you know, they're doing, you know, this little test and it's like, they're like, yeah, you got a concussion. You know, do you have anybody that can watch you the rest of the day? So you don't fall. I was like, Oh, probably. And Terry's standing there. He goes, Bondo, we're getting ready to go up to the cities. Just shower up and come with us. It's like, but I I just have track pants and stuff. He's like, don't worry about it. So I, I ride up with them. Poor trotch he was a healthy scratch that game so he had to sit next to me on the bus and watch me and uh every bump i felt like i was going to be nauseous and throw up absolutely it's the worst what did i do and i mean it was best i sat next to him because the kids are oncologists these days i I ran into him two years ago at a baseball game our sons were playing each other Um, oh funny another random thing sure yeah but uh so he he had to watch me and I, i remember we get there and uh you know, the, the visitor locker room, as you remember, was like way away from the ice on the concourse. And I'm like, well, are you guys getting ready in a broom closet? What's going on? It, it, it was just crazy. And then we're sitting in the stands watching the game and I see the Hamlin logo. I'm like, Piper, what the heck is a fighting Piper? Like, I'm not scared of a Piper. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he's just laughing at me. It's like, it was funnier then as if I were drunk, he said. <laughs> Believe that. Yeah. So, all right, I digress. Next question is, what's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Um, at, I used some Coopers in high school. Um, and, of course, they the were reactor the five. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then I was using Christian to start, went to the Coopers. And then yep. in college, I was... Um, I went back to, uh, whatchamacallit, um, I'm a John Blank. Um, why am I John Blank when he's in college? Nope. Um, I don't know why I'm John Blank right now. I'd have to look, you know what? I sent you those pictures. They'd be right there. Yeah. And the one picture I'm looking at is, uh, it'd be Christians. I got a pile of the Christians, the old Christians that were now would be heavier than all Gideon compared to what they have now. I used the Christians in college too, and I loved them. The, the yeah. thing I laugh about with the Christian is when that heel started to like get become a sponge. Yep. I would just throw a It'd little wood frayed. glue. Yeah, you'd throw a little wood yeah. glue in there, put it in the vice overnight, and it's like good and as tape, new. And tape and put that tape. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You put the wood together, tape it, put the tape over it, and then put the tape together in a tighter spot. Absolutely. Yeah. The same thing. That's hilarious. But for me, I, I saw that one picture you sent over from high school, and it, you had the Cooper Reactor 5. I'm like, I yep. sure hope he says that because that is my all time favorite stick. There's, it had, it was a strong stick, but had flex to it. And, it, it, to me, it was just the greatest stick ever made. I loved it. No, that, yeah. I had a bunch of those. I, I, my dad bought me like five at a time. I remember. Yeah, I, I wish I, they would bring it back. And what I loved about it too is the paddle wasn't, you know, kind of rounded. It was nope. a flat yep. paddle, and I just felt like I had more control with that flat paddle. Yep. Um, yeah, I loved it. You got uh, a good memory. So, what is your? Well, I did break quite a few of them over my knee in anger in high school yeah, too. Sure. So, <laughs> they, they had one weak spot, and it was where the paddle met the shaft. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I, I would just take it and, you know, boom, right across the, the pad and it would uh, break. Um, so what is your favorite youth hockey memory? Um, I would probably say, besides Centennial, we went up with a team to Canada and won this tournament in Winnipeg with, um, with it's a team Minnesota thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, for some reason, I mean, playing with, you probably don't know names. Some of the old Eric Max Minko, um, actually got mm-hmm. Jason. Um, we had a bunch of guys that would play winning the tournament, and it was probably my biggest memory because we beat this team from Winnipeg that were, you know, it was like a bunch of bullies that were throwing everyone three two. But that's probably my greatest memory is driving up there and then driving back all excited and thinking we run the world because we were, and I was probably a second year Wee at that point. So that's awesome, and I'm. A little delayed in my response because I just got a text from Alan Knowles saying, hey, can you skate with me tonight? <laughs> That's funny. You better go skate. Oh, I, I would, but I got to get some stuff done around the house. We're uh, hosting a uh, wedding reception for my brother-in-law this weekend, and I have a few oh, outdoor got projects I got vi- to finish up before they, they come. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny. He's like, I would like to, but I'm talking to PT right now. <laughs> Sorry, give me a minute. Yeah. Um, so what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you? Oh, best, best chirp I've ever heard. Um, I would probably say we had a guy, well, my brother was good for a couple of chirps. Um, he played, <laughs> you know, he ended up going to St. Alphys year after me, which I was lucky to um, sit in front of me. And I remember a kid, a kid crashed into me after making a save and, I remember him looking down and he literally said, okay, you know, that's my brother, right? He's like, you know, that's my brother, right? And as simple as it was, and that's the cleanest trip. I'm not going to even eat dirty trips, but this I was, he's like, you know, that's my brother, right? And he literally has a stick pretty much across his neck. <laughs> like, you know, that's my brother, right? <laughs> so I think it makes me think this model was great to play with him for three years there as well. But yeah, just my face of, yeah, that's my brother defending me. That's, that's what he should do. You know, it's funny you mentioned that one because almost the cleaner the chirp, it's almost like that's the better one because it's just so like. Not the Letterkenny chirps, which are hilarious. Yeah, those are great too. (laughs) Or the old, yeah, I literally, when I need to laugh every now and again, I'll watch the old, um, if you watch the old North Star chirping, they're chirping bellows from the benches. So, I mean, it's absolutely unreal. Not made for TV, but it's absolutely just how hilarious it was back in those days and they didn't care what they said or right? it was just yeah. ru- ruthless ruthless rude but so funny and then who was the guy that they had during the the winter game that was chirping the whole time um for the flyers a couple years ago if you watch him uh watch the the, the outdoor game he was chirping yeah. people i can't think of his name now awesome absolutely you have to watch it i i liked in uh it was a 2010 when the Hawks beat Philadelphia and Dan Carcillo was still on the flyers and he went to hit a hot, like just going full speed to hit a hot player. And he steps out of the way and Carcillo takes out one of his own players, just destroys them. And from the bench, you hear That's the best hit you've had all night. You know, it's like, those are, <laughs> those are some of the best ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what's the post, worst post game beer? Uh, Bush lights. Terrible. Yeah. I, I can't. So I got into after hockey, I got to play a bunch of softball and yep. a bunch of my ball buddies uh, can't do it. it. After hockey, bush lights, just the worst. Just can't do it. Yeah. Can't get into it. Can't try. Can't do it. <laughs> Hope, it sounds like you agree. 
I, I agree. And I just got a response from uh, Nolsey too. What do you say? <laughs> His simple response was, that's right, F. <laughs> I was like, half the stuff Nolsey says just doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I, I'm with you. It, really, I'll, I'll drink Bush Light if that's all they have, as long as it's cold. Right. But to me, the worst is warm beer. Um, well, right. Yeah, gross. Yeah. So warm you, Bush Light would be the worst. You, you mentioned that you, you've played softball. Are you still skating it all these days? Um, not much, no. Um I get told all the time that by someone I live in this house with that I should be coaching Olivia every day and I should be doing it and get back out there and I'll look at this. It's just, it's time. It's tough to commit to things you don't want to commit and not be able to be there. So um, I love to watch this case. No, like no interest. How about that? Like I ball now, even by the shirt, like love fishing, love Mm -hmm. bass fishing. Like it's easier on the body. I, I, I love it's so much easier on the body. We, we love catching bass. We love being mm-hmm. on the lake. That's kind of what we do. Hockey just have no interest in going out. Like Matt Eriks, you know, I chat with him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He's still playing like two, three nights a week in the winter, yeah. like all, and he's still a really good player. But I have no interest in doing that. And I don't have the time. That's yeah. the other thing as far as, and I don't, and the extra time I have, I wouldn't want to invest in that. Um, I love watching Olivia play. I'll go to the rink watcher. I love watching the NHL playoffs. I mean, yeah. obviously it's the best playoffs there is, but yeah. I, I'm still skating. I, I skate on one team. It's the team that Emmons got me on, and now he doesn't skate on the team anymore because he's got little ones at home. But uh, it's mostly Hugo White Bear and Stillwater Firefighters. So we're, our team name is the Hosers. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still skating whenever oh, I. Yeah, uh, so I still skate, and then I, I like pick up skates whenever I can. In fact, uh, I'm still wearing the same equipment I had back in college. But uh, I recently. Uh, That's crazy. A month ago tomorrow, I'll place a new order finally. So I'm I'm anxiously counting down the days till the new stuff comes in. Good for you. Love doing it. That's good for you. You always have you. Yeah. Uh, so when you taped your stick, did you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Heel to toe, and then did um ended on the toe all the time. Yeah. Uh, is one goalie I had on put it anybody any goalie that goes toe to heel is a psychopath. Um, well, I don't know if as I we all are. are um, but the ones that typically go toe to heel play the puck a lot and they just feel the puck comes off the blade better. I was like, well, I've never had to worry about that. So <laughs> no, absolutely. No, no. It's healed the toe all the time and very particular about it. Like most are, but yeah. I had to redo it if I didn't like it. Right. Had to redo so if, it. if we're talking playing the puck, you'll appreciate this one. My very first game at, uh, Gustavus, you'll remember that rink was tiny, yep, especially was. behind the net and, yep. St. Mary's, we have the Olympic sheet. So for me to stop that ring around the boards, I had to have a really hard push getting around that post. And before the game at Gustavus, I'm, I'm looking at my angles and worrying about, because I knew it was a smaller rink, thinking about that. I didn't think about the space behind the net. And there's about this much room behind that net at Gustavus. And that first ring comes, I get a push. I hit the boards. I come back darn near fall down. The puck goes right by me. And I look at the bench and Manor is just laughing. And we go into the locker room for intermission. He goes, I knew I forgot to tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) It made it good to tell him then before the game started. That's funny. He recognized there was an issue. Yeah. It's like, yep. Yeah. So every every game after that, I I just remember, yep. Don't push so hard to stop that puck behind the net. Yeah, I mean, at that rink, you almost didn't even have to come out of the net. You could just stick your stick back there 
and you would it's stop. Not like there's no room back there compared to St. Yeah. Mary's, where it's a world. I mean, I played at Centennial, which is an Olympic ring. Same thing. Huge. Yeah. Well, and Huge. I I liked that Gustavus strength just because the way the stands were and the fans are right yep. on top on of top, you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The spit guard over the visiting team's penalty yep. box. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That that was a fun place. Uh, so, what was your favorite number to wear and why? Thirty. Just always wore it. Wore it to the day. Softball. It's what I've worn. Thirty. Just. Just was my thing. Started wearing it when I was in probably a squirt second year. Squirts just stuck with me all the way through. And it was a goalie number, but now it's like my number for everything. Passwords, yep. I put it somewhere in my passwords. <laughs> everything got 30 and it has done with that sound. <laughs> no, it makes sense because I still use mine for that reason. Uh, and it was funny because mine was 30 when I started for yep. obvious reasons, Belfour. Yep. Then I got to high school and uh, it switched to 35. And I loved that number. But when I got to St. Mary's, Freddie Hennon had it first. And then Richie had it when Freddie graduated. So I wasn't getting 35. So I just went to the cabinet and got the biggest jersey they had in the cabinet. And it happened to be 39. So ever since then, I've just stuck with it. It's a good number for Dominator. Yeah. No, that's good. That's funny. Fred Hennon, that's, I forgot. That's another good name for back there. Yeah. For Goldberg, yeah. That's funny. Freddie, uh, he, he was an interesting. Heard that. Interesting fellow. Like I, I was talking to Nolsey about it. And it was funny because he goes, Freddie was really good at the position, but it, it was almost as if he hated playing. <laughs> like, good way to put it. He, he, he was good. It just seemed like he didn't enjoy it. He didn't want to be out there. I mean, there were practices he just wouldn't show up to. <laughs> like, he, he was an odd duck. That's for sure. I believe, that's what I've heard. Between, yeah. yeah. Over um, the years. Yeah, he, he was something else so last question what advice yep. do you have for young goaltenders uh now today study it learn it watch 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 the games um watch college games watch high school games watch just study it and do it and you got to put the work in you can't just go to the rink and think you're going to be ready the games in which some people you just have to it's a hard with these days you know we talk about the time here about you know for kids to be good and put the time in there's devices, there's everything else that takes distractions away, yeah. social media, all that stuff. And just, they'd have to put the time in and that's what they have to put the time in, watch the film and have not live it forever, but you need to put the extra work in and just showing up on game day. to think you're going to be special. Absolutely. And I mean, that, that, that's true, not just for hockey, but any sport and life in general, you know, you want to be good at school. You got to put the time in, you want to be good at work. You got to, you got to put the time in, you got to do the work, you know, but so PT, I've taken up more than enough of your no, time. No, there you are. Okay, you cut out. Oh, sorry. I no, just... I pre I'll do this again anytime. We'll, we'll catch up again in chat. That'd be yeah, good to see you. It'd it's... be good to chat again at some point. This was a lot of fun. It's been fun. We're going to have to grab some drinks together when you're up this way, visiting your mom and dad, and I'll bring absolutely whiskey will. with. I absolutely will. <laughs> well, thanks, yeah, bud. Good. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Yeah, enjoy and right. uh, stay safe out there. I appreciate that. Thank All you. Right. We'll chat soon, Joe. All right. Bye now. It'd been ages since PT and I had a chance to talk. We only talked for about an hour, but I know if we take each other up on that offer to grab a drink together, we'll probably share stories and laugh all night long. If this is your first time listening to Tendy Talk, be sure to browse back at previous episodes to hear some of the great conversations I've had with other goaltenders. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, beer league hockey uh, video highlights, some of which have, are new, 
and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some washed up goalie or tendy talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players are just chatting about beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you are a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk and figure something out. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Yeah.